So hello and welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. We are three aspiring writers hoping to get published at some point. Um, I'm Cathy Clark and I'm writing a romantic comedy crime sort of novel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm here with Kate and I am kind of writing a fantasy fiction and a screenplay now. Very good. And with Maura and I don't really know what I'm writing I've finished a screenplay and a novella and I'm kind of rooting around for my next project. Perfect. So today I wanted to ask a question right so I have been reading um, Laurie King's The Beekeeper's Assistant and I have started reading some of um, Sophie Hanna's Monogram Murder and these are basically where previous estates so Laurie King she's writing um kind of in Conan Doyle's uh, world so she's writing about Sherlock Holmes and um it's kind of later on in his life and um a young prodigy kind of comes into his life and he tutors her and that sort of thing and then the Sophie Hannah is writing a Hercule Poirot um book um, again, I think it's later in his life again. I haven't actually read that much of this one, but I'm kind of just getting into it now. Um, and one of the things that really kind of struck me about it was that these were people writing modern books in somebody else's voice. <laughs> and I just had this really like, oh, are, are these, what, what, what are these? Are these fan fiction? Are these historical novels? Are these, like, what are, what are these? Where, where do they fit in the, like, whole spectrum of genres and mm. all that sort of stuff? Um, and, and then I really had, like, this whole, uh, I don't know, crisis, I don't know what you'd call it, yeah. but, like, <laughs> that were, you know, because everyone's like, just find your voice, find your own voice, speak with your own voice, you know, don't mimic somebody else's voice or because you'll never do it well enough so they're like you know be influenced and all the rest of it but be your own voice and yet here are two books that like the first one Larry King's one thoroughly enjoyed but it is absolutely Conan Doyle's voice mm-hmm. like I've just read all the Sherlock Holmes books I you know yeah. I've read them quite recently um, and it fits perfectly in with it for me I, I feel like it's the same style I feel like the same kind of language in it um yes so the, the perspective has changed so the some of it has changed but you know they mm. they slot in like a jigsaw piece they are perfect and I kind of feel the same about Sophie Hanna's one so mm. far that I, it's not her own voice it's this, this, this that one isn't quite such a matched Agatha Christie yet but it's it's definitely a very good impression of mm-hmm. it um so I guess this was my question about this. So I guess what what genre do we feel that these are in? Or how do they sit in to kind of that whole thing? And, and how do we feel about that voice question? I wish I could write like Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just quit my day job and do that. <laughs> practice well, I mean, it. Practice it. Um, it's like something, and this is a... Scott Adams, who writes Dilbert, has gone off the rails recently. So I, I don't want to. This is not an endorsement of his position, but I, he, so he, he, um, says that when he was drawing Dilbert, all he was trying to do was copy Peanuts and Snoopy just uh-huh. badly. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah. So there's an element of like, if you try to copy someone, you would fail. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I see my would fail. Yeah. You probably would fail. Right. But then obviously there is a cohort of writers and and. The two you mentioned are not unique, like someone else writes the Robert Ludlum, Jason Bourne books mm-hmm. after he right. died, I think, and after the third one. Um, there are, is a 
crime writer, I think you mentioned that at some point. He has like he writes team. like the chapter titles and the teams fill out the actual <laughs> Oh the dream. Uh, <laughs> I I think I would I don't think I could do that. How would how would you live yourself? Yourself, but I mean, you're not. <laughs> I, really? I would roll around in my big bed of money. I would, I would, I would live up myself quite well. Uh, my non-disclosure agreement would cost well, a lot of money. Okay. Well, to an- I don't know to answer your question. That it's a hard. That's a hard call because, I mean, maybe it's a sub-genre of fan fiction because, mm-hmm. obviously, these people are fans of of these particular books mm-hmm. and to actually imitate it to the point of actually sounding like the voice of the original author mm-hmm. is an art in itself I mm-hmm. think because mm-hmm. yeah. they're incredibly good books like I, I yeah. can't understand I really enjoy them mm-hmm. but they're not like they're not like slash fiction oh, no. No, no. or you know like someone who who is just like indulging in a bit of fantasy in their own time absolutely or has taken the characters and are writing their own version of what that character might do like Mm -hmm. this has gone way beyond this this is like a a considered (laughs) study of how Conan Doyle puts together a book how he styles a sentence how he how he would articulate something and and they have done it so like Mm -hmm. this for me is almost like do do you know like on one level, if you imitate somebody and it's all very funny, blah, blah, blah. But this is like the next level where <laughs> where somebody like actually becomes the other person. Right, yeah. And yet you can obviously so, see the difference. Like I'm not saying they're like, but but her imitation of him is so brilliant and mm-hmm. so enjoyable. Well, it's kind of like, what is it? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And zombies. Except though, well, right? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. As a sync from the other... And movies or and books because the guy who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I've only read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, but I thoroughly enjoyed Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I thoroughly enjoyed it is a lot of the Austin is absolutely there and it he just added lines and in. Just added yeah. That. Whereas Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters takes liberties that oh, should okay. not be taken. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually but, enjoyed the film. I didn't see the film, but I meant to see it because I really Prejudice enjoyed the book. Zombies, I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it Because <laughs> I had very low expectations too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I, that book was one I picked up one day, I might have mentioned before, I was very, having a very bad day and I went into Hodges Vickers and I saw, like, I saw the cover and it was one of those double take moments <laughs> was like, where I was what? like, what? Is her and face then I like sat there, up? I stood there in front of the, like, you know, the, the <laughs> shelf of books and read it and started laughing and I was like, well, I'm buying this book, you know? Yeah. Um, the zombies are actually quite polite. <laughs> if it, it explains so much about the story. <laughs> <They're very polite. laughs> yeah. It totally explains why Charlotte marries Mr. Collins. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, like it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, so because I'm obviously a snob, my first thing is like, oh, fan fiction is all crap, um, which obviously it isn't. No. Um, but then like, if you think about musical genres, like, if you think about sampling and people, mm-hmm. you know, following styles and being influenced by other artists, mm-hmm. um, if you think about like adapting for the screen, like where you are trying to take the voice, you know, yeah, and even a voice this, in events, and yeah, you know. I feel like this because this for me goes way beyond influencing. This is like picking up somebody else's baton, if you know what yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and they and running with it, mm-hmm. and um, I guess. I, I'm just I'm so intrigued by this idea that the voice is so similar yeah and mm-hmm. I just I guess I'm really interested to read other Laurie King books mm-hmm. to see how different the 
Sherlock voice or not yeah. you know that sort of her, the voice that she uses for those books she is can... from her own voice that she has you know so is no. she has she always written like Conan Doyle or has she always no, been I'm a very sure, similar I'm sure style she's or... trying to match it exactly yeah, yeah. That, which is that is the Do you know because obviously kind of art in itself I, I also so... think right there's very I remember thinking you know about writing fiction years ago um, and I really was like, no, you can't write fiction because all you'll do is write a bad version of Pratchett. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but then I feel like, do you know the way, um, it's because I'm in my twilight zone still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, do you know the way Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, it was yes. fan fiction, yeah. So this, well, yeah, it was. It alleged, was? Yeah. It started out as a fan fiction between the... You know, between Bella, characters. Swan, and Edward, because they, there's no sex basically in Twilight. So she she, she started it, writing it, basically the sex between the two of them, yeah. and then it grew into Fifty Shades of Grey. Is yeah. Fans, yeah. Like yeah, fan fiction. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, like, yeah. So an early iteration of it. Was that's where that's where it started. So yeah. it obviously grew into something very different, um, and yeah. then it is established in its own genre, and people can think what they want about it. It's fine, mm. but it was very commercially successful. Yeah. So mm. this idea that you so even though what you try to imitate or maybe not imitate maybe that's the wrong word in that sense but you kind of try you start to take out up the, in the voice in a, yeah, yeah you're through various iterations your own voice would eventually rise yes. and, yeah. and you will even if you start imitating you will yeah. eventually create something original that is very different mm-hmm. and sometimes only if you tell somebody that actually it started out as fan fiction of this yeah. they might never guess do you know what I mean? Yeah. So this whole idea of like, actually, rather than coming up with your own characters, what about just stealing characters from somebody else's books and yeah. writing your own story with them? As long as they're, by the way, in the public domain and not well, but just, copyright but, but this, Well, no, you yeah. see, this is my whole idea. So that like, so you might steal Nanny Og, for instance, right? Mm. Out of Terry Pratchett. But what you're actually stealing is like, little old lady whose magical ability is fine, but like her characteristics and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I think by the time you write that and she goes on a journey and you do a whole book of so, it, uh, I don't think your well, stolen Nanny Og would be very similar to the original. And I think only because you would write so your I, own the story. The thing that I would say, that the thing why I would avoid writing when I was about 20 was because it's not the characters I would have taken. It would have been the voice. I really think the voice would have been. And I wonder if you would, yeah. if you started out there... I think by I the think time you wrote something else, but it, yeah. it just honestly it just depends because at the time I I think you know it it depends what your influences are, and for me as I've grown older it's much more of a broader swirling pot of something so mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you where something came from <laughs> yeah you know um I think back then I was like honestly that's all I would do I think that I I wouldn't be able to avoid it. and it would be a bad mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a good imitation it would be a bad imitation um. Because, not that I mean, Pratchett is my, still my favourite writer, but I might have been disproportionately influenced at that mm-hmm. point in time, which is fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, for me, that the voice thing, like, sometimes we start out imitating things, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, but I think these people who are doing the deliberate voicing, I mean, they must be incredible craftspeople. They oh, incredible writers. I mean, because really, you think yeah. about, like, actors and stuff, like... To act um, is hard enough. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But to be a, an imitator, mm-hmm. yeah, you like know, you McGregor just... trying to do Alec Guinness in the yeah. Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, yeah. being hemmed in by someone mm-hmm. else's styles yeah. and tics and yeah. mannerisms and everything. Like, 
yeah like to pull that off and it's like for me it's like trying to imitate an accent for you know eight or nine (laughs) hours and not letting it drop once you know it must be incredibly difficult so here's my question for you right okay so all three of us have you know we're working stiffs in other Mm -hmm. in other areas of our life and you know if you were given the opportunity to be a full-time writer but it wouldn't be in your own name like you would be a ghost writer would you do it Throw, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, yeah. And I'm no, absolutely not. I kind of like the <laughs> no. being anonymous because if it if people hate it, then <laughs> my name's not on it, they can't track me down. <laughs> yeah, because actually but, uh, there's this interesting yeah. podcast that I listen to, a different podcast, I don't um, with a ghostwriter on it, basically. So she's an incredibly successful ghostwriter and she has written many bestseller novels mm-hmm. um but her name's not on any of them mm-hmm. and you know she's just an, an ordinary joe living in england doing her doing her thing doing okay. her job yeah and i'm like no no like why would you be that person if you could be jk rowling do you know what i mean mm. if you have written many number one bestsellers why would you not want the acclaim <laughs> and the like yeah, some people don't though yeah you know some people would like that's a annoying side effect mm-hmm Oh, but but like I just feel like how can your fans find you or you know like you know if you maybe that's a good thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah thing. no I wouldn't what about you I don't know I mean the thing is I write a lot in my job anyway and so I quite like I wouldn't like to write fiction all the time I, I would feel a huge go. pressure to be creative all the time I don't know how I would respond to that because I like no. the idea that you know, I sit down sometimes and I just have like, bang, a suddenly brilliant idea for like a book. So I have like two books on the back burner that are like the plots of which are like slowly, you know, just yeah. burning away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I add to them every so often, like just little ideas I have for them. But if, if I had to sit down every single day, nine to five, and write my book, I just don't think oh, I'd be that be, creative all I the time. I don't think it would uh, be fun. Oh, know? I think it would be a blast. Well, it would be a job. <laughs> <laughs> Really? I love oh, no, it. I just, I just don't think. I think it would get very stale. I mean, for me, it's I like know. I like, I like the non-fiction writing I do as well. I really like that an awful lot, and so, um, I wouldn't mind a life where I got to balance, just do the two of those things, mm-hmm. and they would bounce off each other mm-hmm. because writing begets more writing, even mm-hmm. if you're not writing mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, if you knew you couldn't fail. Right. So just as an aside for a work right. thing, I'm doing a career audit at the moment to ask a lot of scary questions. But one of the questions is if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And I think that's a really Oh funny, yeah. You know. If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you But do? I, I but I assume my writing's gonna be very successful. Okay, so that's how you approach life. <laughs> yeah. So I as I as I mentioned in an earlier podcast this, despite obvious rejections <laughs> I've had the whole of my life, I so, assume it's gonna be brilliant. So as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I'm equipped for everything except success. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. the thing that throws me most is yeah. when something works out. Um and I usually don't factor that into my planning and equations. Failure <laughs> That's in everything, you right. know? Okay, okay. So, thankfully, I haven't had that much success. But where I've had... But I don't think you know, that this, this fan fiction sets you up for obvious success. In fact, I think... But no, it's, but it's, it's a pain it's gig, a much right? much bigger... But not, but, you've but, got a pain gig but, as opposed to... Like, as opposed to speculatively writing a novel that may or may not sell on. Someone said, it, you sold the novel. Yeah. Sold it. Yeah. I need you now to spend the next year writing it. It's sold, it's done... Your money will be in the post. We'll give you the advance, yeah. and then you'll get the thing at the end. 
so in terms of financially, you can't fail now. It's done. It's dusted. That wouldn't encourage me. That I would find that more that pressure. I like that I'm writing in my little black hole and mm. that whatever I want it to be, it shall be. And whatever I want it to do you know mm. to be exposed to the world it shall be i i don't like i i would if the whole idea that you have to sell three books at a time you get advances and all that i'm bleh, don't like it See, <laughs> I, I, I i would rather just I'm work on my own pace <laughs> Where are you? yeah i like it you're just like i bet you couldn't write about this you're like oh yeah Watch me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I like it. See, but I think that these, these books, this Laurie King book and this um, Sophie Hannah book, I actually think they were up against bigger obstacles had they not just written in their own voice, oh, in their absolutely. own genre. Yeah. So How did like, they convince people... Well, like, did they just go did and they do just it? Go, because there are right. those things in public domain now? Yeah. Or are they I don't, don't know. I think maybe Sherlock might estates? be. I'm not sure. But definitely um, Sophie Hannah got permission from okay. Agatha Christie's estate. Okay. So I think that, that Sherlock Holmes is... A lot of Sherlock Holmes is in the public yeah, but, domain. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, it's not so much... Um, I, the estates, it's, it's certainly one level, yeah. but it's kind of beside the point. It's more that the fans of the thing yeah. didn't mm-hmm. like shoot it down. Do you know what I mean? That they accepted a book written in that style. Like that could yeah. be, that's a real roll so of the dice. So but it's a way real trend. There, there was this whole series of books uh, and I didn't read any of them. So I'm, I'm just talking off my head now. But there was a whole series of books like famous authors for other genres writing like Austin novels or mm-hmm. writing. Um, so rewriting an actual novel or writing in her style? Like I said, I can't remember. Right, but I okay. think it was an actual, like, it, I think it was their version of like that story. Okay. And so there was a whole, there was a series of books like that. Okay. And I think, so not that I'm saying that, uh, I, I think that it's a trend in the sense that when those kind of things become acceptable. So I remember thinking these same thoughts in like between the 80s and the 90s that there was a mm-hmm. period of time where music if you sampling was not done at all if the song mm-hmm. sounded like some other song really vanilla whatever all those yeah. things <laughs> it was absolutely mm-hmm. a cheat mm-hmm. and then you go into the 90s where people pick up you know, fat boy slim sampling sampling yeah. sampling 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 it became the norm and acceptable a susceptible mm-hmm. way of of creating new music was yeah. taking very clearly taking mm-hmm. samples and influences from other mm-hmm. so i think like in, in, I think if maybe 20 years ago someone had written in Art Cundall's voice, the public would have gone, how dare you? Yeah. But I think now, because yeah. really, like, really famous authors but I, have, are doing it, yeah, you know, as little I projects, think... you know? It, it's, it's more... Now, that's still, still a big hurdle to get the fans to like yeah. your book. Yeah. But it's it gets you past that, like, you never... No one ever can touch no one ever can remake that you know and but i think the reason it's successful is because it's not a remake it's like the next step or the next yeah. so if i if you go back to the talking books and i think mm. his son wrote some grandson, grandson think, yeah. wrote some books after it and yeah well, they, they obviously haven't got like the same acclaim you yeah. know because mm. they're newer i I actually never read them so i can't comment on them mm. but I, I know there was a lot of backlash from the public about this and that it was definitely a hurdle that I don't know whether he's actually managed to get over it yet some of them like not, some of them are just finishing so I again I can only, I only speak about some of the stuff I know but some of it is like that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote some of the stories and then told the rest of the stories to his grandson mm-hmm. but they were not the, not the finish was not com- written down by him yeah. Yeah. and so the grandson would have he oh yeah, but, some of those yeah. as well. And, yeah, and then other books I yeah. think by himself too. You know. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, no, I, uh, I don't know. It's such a funny. It's it is. It's a really. So interesting... where do we? What what genre do we think they sit in? Do they are they? They sit in the genres that they come they, from. Well, so like Conan Doyle, what would you say Sherlock Holmes are? Are they crime, crime, crime yeah. books? You say yeah. these, these are new crime books, historical crime books, I suppose? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, okay. So they take place in the past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they take place... Well, this new one they takes both, place. They both, yeah. So uh, the beekeeper's assistant takes place in um, Sherlock Holmes, I think is in his 50s or 60s. Okay. Can we call so, it yeah. historical fiction fiction? No, like, no. you know, like historical fiction is that like previous setting, mm-hmm. but these are fictional settings anyway, so... <laughs> it, well, it, it takes no because it takes place in England uh, as okay so it yeah. is historical fiction mm-hmm, yeah. in the sense that yeah. like so how about historical fiction imitation fiction imitation fiction rather than fan fiction <laughs> fan fiction imitation I don't know yeah I don't know I don't, I don't know I just was like struggling with this I wonder how they pitched it to agents I wonder how they said like oh you know so this what what book would this sit beside and did mm-hmm. they say oh this would sit beside Next Sherlock series, Holmes yeah. or would this sit beside I'd say it's historical beside, fiction I'd say it's beside Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. okay. that's what you know would be my guess like mm-hmm. that's I mean, that's where the obvious sale is mm-hmm. but then you see if somebody was going into a shop to buy Sherlock Holmes they're going in to buy the classic so are we taking a big jump in assuming that they will buy a new version of this or would you be better putting this up beside the historical crime fiction well i think they're more open to for doing that fans uh, i mean the whole i think for fans well right? yeah yeah but, because but if you're a fan you've read every single one of sherlock yeah. Holmes. so you're not like going to go back to that section so like so, so conan doyle but you hear in. about this you hear about this yeah. book then you're yeah. kind of you get it out of curiosity yeah and then maybe after reading it I'm delighted to hear about those new Agatha Christie books because I have a friend who's read every single Agatha Christie book and it's very difficult to buy her a new Agatha Christie book when she's read all of them but Mm -hmm. now there's new ones well and actually do you know what I have to admit I took a run at these samples a few times so I had read the sample for the beekeeper's assistant twice Mm -hmm. and thought nah that's that's not going to be part of my life because the preface really put me off Um, and I still don't know why it's there because it's really so if you just get past that actually the actual book is fine um, and the same with the Sophie Hanna book I have read that sample a couple of times and I think now I'm in the mood for exploring yeah. that yeah. For, for a while I was like no 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 it is either Christy or it is not mm. and you know whereas now I, I feel like I've come to terms with the idea that it's somebody different yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and I can be you know I, I can explore that without See, I feel like I do have that about Jane Austen. Like, I really, I have read, I definitely read another writer wrote a version, a book called Jane Fairfax years ago, before this was trendy. Mm-hmm. Jane Fairfax is a character mm-hmm. in Emma. And I, that's why I spotted the book. I was like, how coincidental that this would yeah. be the name after a character. And then I read it and it was like someone else's version. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, you know, no, I didn't need that. So I've never read Jess Comes to Pemberley or, you know. And I, see, I did read like, that and I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but... I would say the voice was not quite as similar as Jane Austen's. Mm. So although it was mm. written in her world using her characters, yeah, but it was voice, voice no. Yeah. And actually yeah. that it that didn't twig with me like like this. One. And yeah. I guess the Sophie Hannah one, the voice is not as close. The Laurie Laurie King one is the one that I thought, mm. man, this voice is very yeah. close. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And I guess this is maybe part of her book is that her voice is this new protege. It's set from her perspective. Yeah. And the whole idea is that her perspective is um, 
is very similar to Sherlock. So she is very similar to Sherlock. Yeah. Whereas Conan Doyle's books were always written from the Dr. Watson character. Yeah, right. And Watson doesn't really have that same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so it is definitely a different perspective, but you know, it, it's it's just so the voice is so the yeah. same. Mm-hmm. I just thought I couldn't get over it. Couldn't mm-hmm. get over it. So yeah, so we think so do we think that this will be a good so I, look I think it's interesting. I think yeah. you know if it pushes the art form forward, I, I don't have any problem with it. I think yeah. as long as it's quality writing, like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not into fan fiction slash fiction generally, but I think wherever your ideas come from and they become things like mm-hmm. if the writing is good, then it's worthwhile, I, you know, to read. And like, I guess for me, this whole thing, I always have a problem with people rewriting books because I'm like, that story's already told. Go get a new story. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people who are like writing versions of... Romeo and Juliet in the modern day or they're mm. writing blah 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 I'm like just get a new bloody story come up with a new story you know but so. then we wouldn't have Clueless and yeah Baz, I, don't like, Baz and I think you have to do something interesting I don't Juliet. think like you know and yeah, to be honest like they're just retelling the same stories over and over again yeah. in many different ways yeah. so like I I think as long as there has to be something that's different I think you something know yeah. like and those are those are new stories so people who like the stories get more new stories to read mm-hmm. I think like Clueless is just quite a fantastic take on Emma you know yeah and um, that probably brings it to a different audience and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of thing so I you know I, I mean I wouldn't personally I remember talking about um ghostwriting and stuff like that but like I wouldn't mind being a script doctor like I would, in fact, I'd love to do it. I'd be like, no, no, no one has ever spoken like that in the history of time, you know. But someone no. else would have already done a lot of the plotting work, you no. know. See, on the opposite, I would always feel like I was the second string. I, if I wasn't the original creator, I'd yeah. be like, what is the point in this? Right? If I'm not, if I'm not <laughs> the original, no, I won't be the second string. So. Yeah, there you go. Oh, another one with people. Yeah. <laughs> you're, another, another you're like, you're like one of the writer directors star of. <laughs> it's a one man show. I do all the characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, classic. Okay. Anyway, all right. So I think that's probably enough for one day. Um, so we'll probably leave it at that. Um, so thanks very much for joining us. Um, you can see us on. Facebook, on um, Twitter, Irish Writers Pod. You can email us, irishwriterspodcast uh, at gmail.com. We have a website, uh, irishwriterspodcast.com. Um, and thanks very much yeah. for joining us. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya.